0: Father, uh, this morning, as we come to you, we do uh, lift up the situation in ukraine and and God, you know all of the details and I was just thinking of some of the uh, some of the emails i 've gotten lord of of people trying to get out of there or trying to hold their own God and Lord, I just pray that uh, out of out of all of the ugly and gross God that you would bring beauty for ashes, and Lord, that ultimately your name would be glorified so have your hand upon that situation, and Lord, we don't understand that beginning from the end, but we know you do, and we're so grateful we can dedicate that to you. And, and Lord, as we look at your word, as John, Lord, pours out his heart to us, and desires that we would grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord jesus christ I, I i pray that the things that he brings out this morning would would be a blessing to us an encouragement to us and a strengthening no matter where we're at if our walk is really great and and we're doing really good that god it would just be more encouragement if we're if we're struggling in our relationship god that you would bring us to a greater understanding of who you are and your love for us. If life has beat us up, God, that you would pour new life into us and that your word would have its way as we, as we study today and not just mentally, but study with our soul, God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as we've been going through John, if, you, if you've noticed, John is kind of focused on three different areas. He's focused on the social area, talking about love and the love we should have for one another. He's talking about and focused on the moral area and the fact that we should be obedient and and, and brought up righteousness. And then the doctrinal area that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. Now what he's gonna do is he's gonna bring all three of those together in this section this morning and kind of interweave them into the whole idea that those things are part of being born again. I, I, it, it always bothers me when people want to say they're born again, yet they're not living the life of a born again person. And I'm not talking about 24-7 and, and stuff I know that we blow it, but I'm talking about in general. And then it always cracks me up when people say, well, what kind of Christian are you? Like there's flavors of Christianity? Like... I'm a born-again Christian because that's the only kind of Christian there is. So John's going to hit pretty hard on this. And, and the bottom line, it's all about Jesus. And he's the one who saves us. He's the one who changes us. He's the one who gives us the ability to be obedient, etc., and so, remember, John's working with a group of people in the late first century, trying to keep them on track and keep them focused. So, verse one, he says this, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, I want to stop there. I know there's just a comma, but, but I want to stop there. And, and so, once again, what is his focus? His focus is on Jesus, and that we need to know that uh, we have this, we're born of God when, listen, whenever we believe that Jesus is the Christ. You can't have just a generic Jesus out there. You can't have one that, you know, some people just wanna keep him generic and keep him distance, you can't do that. The only Jesus there is, is the Jesus who is the Christ. Now, it's interesting, I don't do this a lot, but it is interesting here in, uh, the, in this context, the different uh, 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 tenses that he uses of the verbs, and I think makes this a little bit clearer, and, and I'm going to go a little bit in depth here that I normally don't do, but the, the, the tense for the, the, the verb believe is in the present tense, and if you're a grammarian, which most of us are not, right? We didn't like that subject in school. We, like, skipped those days of class. But the present tense is talking about something that happened that has an ongoing effect in our lives, and, and whether it's in the Greek or in the English, it's the same. That tense means the same. So it's something that happened that has an ongoing effect. And then the verb born, he's born of God, that verb is in the perfect tense. And the perfect tense, whether it's in English or, or uh, in, uh, in the Greek, it describes an, uh, an action that has been completed in the past and is once for all. It's done. So listen, I, I like that when he talks about being born of God because I like to think that's done. And then also that verb is in the passive voice, which means it was done to you. That's always interesting, isn't it? That you were born, you didn't born yourself. I know that sounds weird, but you were born, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it kind of looking at it with that in mind. And here's how it could read. Whoever is believing that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Wow, that that sounds different, doesn't it? That you're ongoing believing because because of the fact that you were born of God. Remember, you don't believe to get born, you get born and then you believe. And so, listen, John lays that out. Now, now that that's, you know, established then we're going to talk about Jesus as Jesus the Christ when we get down to verse five. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But he says, listen, we're born of God. So he's talking about born again people. And then he says this, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Now I know that sounds like a little bit weird for us because we don't, we don't go around usually talking about begotten, <laughs> begotten and, and, and those kind of things. So here's what he's talking about. Let's just say it this way. If God is your father, then you gotta love all of God's children, your brothers and sisters, right? You love family. Now, Now I know that kind of breaks down in our modern culture Because in our modern culture, we have family feuds, and some of us haven't spoke to people in our family for decades, and and I get all that. But generally, according to God's plan, families are supposed to be tight-knit groups that love one another. And this family of God, hey, if you say that you love God who begot you, who caused you to be born again... Then you're gonna love everybody who's begotten of him or all of those who are born again. You're gonna love his family. And so that's all John is saying. So once again, talking about that, that social part of, of our Christian life, which means we are gonna love each other. And I know sometimes that's hard, but I know that we can do it, why? Through him. You know, there are times, there are times where some people aren't very lovable, right? Don't nod your heads. (laughs) There are times where you're just going, man, hey, in your family, there's times where people, but you make a choice. Biblical love's not an emotion. It's an act of the will. And so this is what John says. Now, as he's singing about that, I'm thinking you've got this old guy kind of sitting off to the side. He's writing out this letter he's thinking of what he wants to tell this group of people and he's kind of writing it out and and i think like he hits on a topic and then all of a sudden you know that that old uh, uh just illustration of the light bulb bang, goes off and he goes well if we love god and if we love each other shouldn't that mean something else so now in verse two listen in verse two he says this By this, we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. So, a couple things that I think are important in verse two. Have you noticed how many times John says, we know? I think that's important. Here's what he's saying. We can know. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder We can know. He says it all through this letter. He's gonna say it a couple more times. And I'm always fascinated when people get uptight, like if you tell someone I'm going to heaven, like I'm going to heaven. And some people say, you can't say that for sure. Oh yeah, I can. It's not because, listen, I'm not going to heaven because of me. If it depended on me, I would never make it. I'm going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven even when I'm not living the best life for Jesus there is to live. Here's the great thing, he doesn't like give up on me. Now I'm not saying we should do that, but he still loves me. And I know I'm going to heaven because I have a great God. My God's huge my God has to be huge. He's got to fix all this, right? He's got to deal with this mess. And, you know, there are times where I think Jesus just got to look at me and shake his head and say, just why? But he's going to get me to heaven because he promised and he loves me. And so, listen, here's, here's what John says. We can know now, now a little bit different though, we can know that we love the children of God. We can know that we love one another. How? when we obey Him who we say we love. Now something I want us to notice as is, is John works through this, how he intertwines loving, obedience, and, and you know believing, he intertwines all of those together. And here's what I believe, you can't have one without the other. You can't separate these. Why, why did John bring these three threads together under the umbrella of being born again, because they're part of the Christian life and they're part of the fiber of the Christian life. And if they're not part of your fiber and part of your being, maybe you should recheck what you who you are and who you belong to. So we can know, listen, we can know that we love the children of God and, and uh, he says this, and he says and, and uh, because when we love God and we keep his commandments. If you really love God, here's what I know. If someone says they really love God, my Bible says God is righteous. And so if I really love him, I gotta love righteous things. I gotta want to live that way. Not that, again, not that I'm doing that perfectly. I, loved, I would love to stand up here and tell you guys I'm perfect and I'm like really holy and righteous and you know I walk like three feet off the ground because I'm, I, I'm so there, but I would be lying. But you know what, my God is righteous and I wanna be like my God. And so I strive to do that. Now, listen to what he says, because this next part, I think, is important as he said that. Well, you know what? Before we go there, I want to read a couple other places, because he's talking about commands. And, and listen, in John, so far in 1 John, we've looked at his topic of keeping the commands of God three different times in chapter 2. Listen, he says this, by this we know that we know him if we keep his his commandments. In chapter three, he says this, and whatever we ask of him, or whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments. And in chapter four, he says, and this is the commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Are you getting the idea that there's this whole idea that we need to be faithful to what God has shown us and what God, Jesus, has commanded. We're not talking about the Ten Commandments. We're not talking about the 613 other commandments that most of us listen. It always cracks me up when Jews try and keep, how do you keep 613 commandments? Every time I think about that, I think, how how do you even memorize 613? I memorized one of the main ones, don't eat roadkill. I don't do that. You know, I'm never tempted. Like, I don't drive down the road and go, oh, I so want to stop and eat that right now. Oh, Lord, help me not eat that. That's like the easy one, right? That's the one that you go, not a problem, Jesus. So you got 613 commandments, and, and, and listen, he's not talking about those. He's talking about what did Jesus say, and what was it Jesus said? What is the greatest commandment? The greatest is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commandments. And so John keeps telling us we have, to, we have to keep these. Now listen, he says in verse three, he's singing about that, and here's what he says, for this is the love of God. Listen, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And again, he brings that up. Now, in in. Uh, uh, John chapter 14, you can, you can look that up later, but in John chapter 14, when we look at, at Jesus talking about commandments, John chapter 14 says uh, in, in verse 21, verse 23, verse 24, and John 15, listen, all of this is talking about obedience to Jesus, and it's Jesus talking about obedience. And then if we go on in the scriptures, you look at these, that the apostles talk about obedience. And again, in Acts, and Romans, and Hebrews, and 1 Peter, we're given over and over this idea of obedience. So you know what? I think we should be obedient. I don't think it should be a difficult thing. Jesus tells us, listen, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So here's what John's saying. If we say we love God, we should keep his commandments. Now here's what I love. Listen to what he says at the end of that verse. And his commandments are not burdensome. Oh, do you believe that? Let me ask you this, is loving God a drag? Is it a burden? Is it difficult? No. Then if we love him, keeping his commandments should fall in that same line of not being burdensome. It's not a difficult thing. The difference is between religion in relationship in religion things become very burdensome and overwhelming in relationship you can handle them let me let me put it to you this way in matthew jesus in matthew 23 Talk to the Pharisees, and here's what he says. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers, right? They don't get involved, and that's what Jesus says. That's religion. Religion tells you all of these rules and regulations and things you have to do. And then in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you more to do. I will give you what? Rest. I'll give you rest. And here's what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And John here is telling us, his commandments are not a burden. Why, it's a relationship. When you're in a love relationship with somebody, you enjoy doing things for them. You do them, why, because you love them. And it's the idea with Jesus, listen man, if you're in love with God, nothing he asks you. It always bothers me when some people, you know, they're serving in an area and they go, yeah, I gotta go do this. I look at what I do, day in and day out, serving the Lord, that I get to do this. It's a privilege to do it. It's a blessing to do it. And so, listen, he tells us, man, get in that relationship and you don't feel all weighted down and burdened and heavy laden. You feel free. So John is pushing us now. Here's an interesting thing for homework. Read Psalm 119. Yeah, the whole thing. Somebody said the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing, it's way long. That's so funny. We are so, oh, anyway, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Read Psalm 119, but, but start focusing on, what is Psalm 119 all about? I can sum it up real quick. Here's what David says. I love the Lord, and listen, and I love his law. This is a guy that murdered This is a guy that committed adultery, that committed murder, that lied. And here's what he says, I love the Lord, and I love his law. And when you read Psalm 119, here's what you come away with. Man, nothing God asks us to do is overwhelming should be that joy so so just read that and kind of get that in your heart and and that's all that John is telling us here so so far he's told us listen it's important to love one another and if we love God how could we not love one another in other words that's kind of impossible don't tell me you love God and you can't love one another and then he takes that whole idea of love and brings it if we really love God what are we gonna do we're gonna keep his commandments we're gonna do what he asks. and we need to know something he's not gonna ask us to do anything that's, that's impo- well, he may ask us to do something that's impossible for us, because he's gonna do it through us. But he's not gonna, have, have you ever talked to somebody, like as a pastor, I get to talk to people, and people go, well, you know, I would really give my life to Jesus, but I'm afraid he'll send me, like, to Siberia. And whenever people tell me that, whenever they come up with these bizarre places, I, I always say this, yeah, that's the kind of God we have. Like he's just waiting for you to get real with him and then he's gonna make you as miserable as possible. That's not the God of the Bible. And then here's what sort of blows my mind. Then someone gets saved and they go, I can't wait to get to Siberia. (laughs) Why? He changes our heart. He's not gonna make you do something. Listen, that's not the God and anything he asks you to do as a person who's truly born again, it's not a drag and it's not a burden. And so he lays that out, not even serving in VBS. In June, what is it? June 20th through 24th. That's just like a, like a breeze, so I thought I'd throw that in there. But now he goes on and a little bit further, and now he's going to get, he's gonna get in a little bit more in-depth. And, and here's what I love. Look at the beginning of verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You notice he says whatever instead of whoever? I, every time I read that, I think, whatever? And when I read that, here's what I think. Anybody can be saved. There's nobody outside of salvation. And we need to know that, and and here's the thing. When we're born of God, we can overcome the world. Hallelujah. There are things, when I look back in my life, that had a grip on my life, that were destroying me. And in the world, Oh, I might be able to stop doing them for a while or I may be able to stop doing that and replace it with this if you know what I'm talking about and you start doing that. But in Jesus, I can overcome the world. Why? Because I'm, in him it's not me it's not my strength it's not us the person it's jesus working through us and and i love that whole idea so listen whatever again whatever is born of god that just like that that, like blows my mind whatever is born of god overcomes the world so then he says this and this is the victory that has overcome the world it's our faith do you understand that My Bible says this, that I died with Christ and that I rose again with him and that I have a new nature. I'm not the same. I have a new nature. I think this is what he's talking about, faith. I have that new nature and that new nature has changed me and I'm not the same. And my Bible says this. I don't know if yours says this. Mine says this. I'm seated in the heavenlies. Woo, yeah, and then when the devil comes along and he goes, oh, Pat, do you, you, you did that on the way to church this morning? That was going on? And you're claiming to be a Christian? Uh-huh. Why? And here's what I tell the devil. I'm seated in the heavenlies, and you're not allowed. Right? That's where we're at. Yeah, somebody's happy. And that's that's what he's talking about. Do Do you understand what John is telling us here? It's a walk of faith. You either believe God or you don't. You either trust him or you don't. And when you trust him, There's nothing, listen, there's nothing in your way. There's nothing you can't do. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard times. You're not going to come against obstacles. obstacles. It doesn't even mean people, everybody's going to be nice to you. Have you noticed as a Christian, like not everybody's really nice to you? Some people are a little bit antagonistic. Some people don't even want to be around you. Some people would rather you disappear off the planet. I would rather that. That's called the rapture. Right, that would be good. So listen, listen to what Jesus says in John 16. And here's the thing. It's fun to quote the book of John, studying 1 John, and the book of John, where where John, the apostles, quoting Jesus. And here's the thing. I realized something. This guy was hanging out with Jesus, right? And listen, it wasn't just a book he was writing, the gospel. These were things that God in his life as an old man, now he's recalling these things and passing them on to the church. So listen to what Jesus says. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Do you ever claim that promise of God? In this world, here's what he says. In this world, we're gonna have trouble. It's a fact. Why? Because you're a believer, And then he doesn't leave us there. It would be a drag if he left us there. But here's what he says. But take heart. Why? I have overcome the world. Yes. We're not promised an easy walk. We're promised difficulty. But here's what my Bible says. That I have victory. How? By faith. By believing. By trusting Listen to this quote by Warren Wiersbe. I love this quote. Faith is not simply saying what God says is true. True faith is acting on what God says because it is true. Someone has said that faith is not so much believing in spite of evidence. Remember, you know, a lot of people say that. Faith is just believing in spite of evidence. Listen to what Wiersbe says. But faith, true faith is, obeying in spite of consequence oh that's walking by faith and so listen man john says we have that victory and he says we have that victory as believers right whatever is born again or whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world it's our faith are you changed by the power of god you see that's something we I, and listen, I don't think I don't I don't think the whole idea of being born again is something cool to say. It's a reality. We've been changed. I remember years ago we were talking last night in a worship room. Years ago, it was it's probably been like 20 years now, maybe 25. Someone called the church and wanted to talk to me, and I met with them. It was a lady, and I met with them. And she started telling me some stuff and I thought, well, this is kind of a weird conversation and I really don't want that information. And she was telling me about hormones and different things and I thought, just please stop, you know. And then she said this. And 20 years ago, I was a man. Hmm. Now listen, today, it's kind of weird. Today, it's kind of a, you know, a normal thing, right? Transgender stuff is, no, I know it's not, but, but this was, you got to think about, this was 20 years ago with me, and then it was like 20 years ago for her. So 45, 40 years ago, this person changed their gender, which was not popular then, was not well thought of then. And so anyway, all of that to say, and now I'm born again, and here's, here was her question, what should I do? Should I change back? What should I do? And I went, uh, uh, that's a really good question. And I said, well, you got to let me think on it a while. Let me look at some scriptures. Let me pray. Let me think about it. And so then I get on, I get on with some of the guys. I know, what do, what do I do? What am I going to tell this person, right? How do I talk to him? And I was trying to justify everything. I was trying to give this person every excuse for doing what she did, and none of it worked out. Anyway, and long story. And then, and then we even had a, a conference come up, and Pastor Chuck was in Tucson, and I thought, great, I'll ask Pastor Chuck. And I and I go up and 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 I said, Pastor Chuck, listen to what happened. And I said, This lady came to church and I told him everything. And here's here was his reaction. Here's what he did. I'm not exaggerating. Here's what he went. Oh, oh, oh. I am so glad she came to your church. That helps a lot, right? Now here's what I told that person. I can't tell you what to do. I might give you the wrong advice, but God can. And you sincerely are following God. I believe that, I believe she was sincerely following God. She had lost some relationships. Someone who led her to the Lord, after she got saved, she revealed to that person what she had done, and they disowned her, they wiped her out of their life as a, as a believer to another brand new believer that blew my mind but anyway i just said you know what if you seek god sincerely god will show you what to do i don't have to show you what to do you pray and read your bible and i used to get a christmas card from her every year i i believe obviously she's passed on because all of a sudden the christmas cards quit or maybe she got you know so but listen that's what i believe but but do you get my point anybody can be saved And when we're saved, we're changed. And we believe that by faith. By faith, we walk in that. And now John goes a little bit further as he's talking about this walking by faith. In verse five, he says, he who overcomes the world, or who is he who overcomes the world? So again, what is this idea? By faith, I overcome the world, right? Because of what Jesus has done. And he says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God have you noticed he's come all the way around from verse one and he went through all of this stuff now he comes all the way back and he says this you've got to believe the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus who's the person of Jesus he is the Christ you need to understand that and secondly he is the son of God He's the second person of the Trinity. John is emphatic. Now, again, John was was battling at that time. He was battling with people who were denying the deity of Jesus and denying that even Jesus could become, you know, they were saying, God can't become man because man's evil, so there was this whole Christ consciousness. There was all this weird stuff floating around that later on eventually became a whole movement of Gnosticism and, and the Gnostics who believed that knowledge is everything and you gain knowledge. So he's, he's finding the beginning of that. But here's what he's emphatic about. If you're born again, it does matter what you believe. You have to believe that Jesus is the Christ and is the Son of God. And if that is true in your life, you're going to live differently. You're going to be somebody that you're going to love the family of God. How can you love God and not love his family? That would be just weird, wouldn't it? And I know some of you are going, no, it's not that weird. I do it all the time. <laughs> no, that's weird. you got to love his family. So, so John is giving us these three things, and here's what he's telling us. Being born again does mean something. It's not just, it's not just a cool phrase. It's not just a cool title. It means something. And the reality is it changes you and we are changed by the power of God, and hallelujah, we can overcome the world. Think about that the next time you get all distracted with things in the world and you get all all wound up and, and you're freaking out about things. Just stop and say, wait a minute, who am I? I'm a believer. Where am I? I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, yeah. Where's my citizenship? It's in heaven. And we start meditating on those things and the world's problems don't seem as difficult and we can face them. I'm not saying they just go away, but we can face them. Let's stand up and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that we have here today as we, as we just think about what we've just read and... and uh, Lord the things that have even challenged our lives. And I pray I pray that as we think about these things that again we wouldn't just we wouldn't just like maybe agree or disagree or come to the place where we're thinking now that's okay but but it's not it's not changing my life. Lord we would allow this to go deep within our souls and change how we live change how we have relationships and that we would be men and women who bring honor and glory to our Lord. We would count it a joy and a privilege to be called by your name. And we would count it a joy and a privilege to honor you with our lives. Thank you for the challenge that John gives us. And I'm gonna ask uh, everyone to stay in an attitude of prayer for a couple more minutes. And if you are here today, and we've talked about being born again, and, and it's kind of hitting you, but it's maybe going over your head, or maybe even you're at the place where you're saying, well, that that has never happened to me, and I don't quite understand it. When the Bible talks about being born again. It's talking about trusting that Jesus paid the penalty and the wages for your sin by putting your faith in him and seeking the forgiveness of God. So to do that, you gotta understand, you gotta come to the place where you admit that you're a sinner. That shouldn't be hard. I, I, again, I don't think we always need to explain a bunch about sinning. I believe adults know when you've sinned, when you've done wrong, you know that. Now, we may not have a full understanding. When we sin, we offend God a holy and righteous God. And the Bible tells us what we earn from sinning is separation from him. The Bible calls that death, we're separated from God. That's all the bad news. The good news is Jesus Christ came. And he took the wages that we did. He took that wrath of God that you deserve, that I deserve, and he suffered that wrath of God in a moment, in an instant of time, to take your place and take that away. And now for you, here's what he says. I offer you this receipt that says your debt is paid in full. And all you got to do is take that from him. And to do that, you need to talk to him. You need to let him know, I want your forgiveness, So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And you can say this prayer out loud or you can say it silently. It's not volume that matters. What matters is your heart. You need to be sincere. So you can repeat this prayer with me. Hey, if you're backslidden this morning, come home, man, come back to Jesus. It's time You're here for a reason. You need to say this prayer with us. If, if you're watching online, you can say the prayer right where you're at. You don't have to be in this building. You can say it there in your home. Jesus, today, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you, God. And right now, I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you today for your forgiveness. And now I want you to come into my heart and I'm asking you to change me. Jesus, come into my life and guide me. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior.